listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. You're always with us, God. I just really feel that this morning. I just feel this. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to fear. You don't need to fear one thing. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I don't even have to worry about the future, for he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I just declare comfort over you today. That you would feel the comfort of the Father, of the loving Father who cares for you, who takes care of you. I thank you for comfort in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I was spending time this morning in prayer and I was, I was reading the word and I just stopped for a moment. I was telling Sammy this. I just stopped for a moment. I just began to say, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He orchestrates every moment. He's in every moment. He's there. He's with you. Even when you feel, maybe you feel alone, he's with you. He doesn't leave you, ever leave you. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, we thank you. Just put your hands out like this. And just say, God, I'm ready to receive. Yeah. Whatever you have for me, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. God, we are ready for you to move, to do whatever you want to do. God, we position ourselves and say we're ready. We want you. We want more of you. We want all of you. So, Father, I thank you that you're moving in this place. And we just say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm super excited. We had a wonderful night last night. All of the youth and young adults. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We had such an awesome time. God moved. And I know that we're excited. We know we know what's coming. And we know that God's going to move even greater. And so we are excited um, to have Sammy with us. It is a blessing, and I'm just so thankful. I'm just so thankful for what God's doing in us. So please welcome Sammy. Come on up. Here we go. Come on, can we just give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Come on, can we do a little bit better than that today? Jesus. Come on, let's just take a second. Jesus, we worship you tonight or this morning. (laughs) Lord, we thank you right now that you're so, so good. There's no one like you. Lord, we remind ourselves today of your faithfulness, of your goodness. Lord, you've never let us down. And Lord, we thank you that your word will not return void. It's going to accomplish everything that it's set forth to do. So Lord, we receive today everything that you have for us this morning. And everybody said, amen. Amen. 
Well, listen, it's so great to be with you guys uh, this morning. I believe in God for incredible things. How many know that God loves Prince Albert? Amen. And this is my first time to the metropolis of Prince Albert. It's amazing. And you have Starbucks. It can't get much better. But no, really, it's great to be here. Uh, just a short introduction. Uh, my name's Samuel Robinson. Uh, I am married to the most beautiful woman in the whole world. Her name is Kristen. And uh, we have three lovely girls, seven, five, and three. So if you're an intercessor, I'll take your prayer, please. And uh, I got to tell you, I got good news. I got to tell you good news for me. Are you guys ready for this? I just upgraded from the minivan to the SUV. I just... Freedom reigns in this place. How many know what I'm talking about? I feel like when we got the Honda van, I had to trade in my man cart, but we just got the Honda passport. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. It's prophetic. And, uh, but really, it's an honor to be here. Um, we have a ministry called Voice of Revival, and um, we're believing God for revival in Canada. Anybody else here today still believing? that the greatest days are in front of us for our nation. Amen? And really, you know, as I was praying for this region, I was praying for you guys, Embassy Church. By the way, how many believe that this building is so strategic? Like, I don't know about you. Do you guys realize how epic your building is? And by the way, I think in the front, you need a map just to get around in this place. But I, I was thinking about you guys this morning and, and praying, and I said, Lord, I, I really want a fresh word today. How many, how many want a fresh word from heaven? Amen? And, and I got to say this, Pastor Megan and the whole family, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And, uh, you know, when I woke up this morning, the Lord gave me this passage of Scripture. If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah. And I want you to turn to Isaiah 43, and I'm going to start in verse 16. And by the way, thank you for playing the keys. It's so good. And uh, Isaiah 43, verse 16, I feel like I have a word for you this morning. And I believe God is doing a new thing. Look to your neighbor and say, God is doing a new thing. Come on. How many believe that today? Amen? He's doing a new thing. Not an old thing, a new thing. And uh, when I woke up this morning, this chapter was so profound in my heart and it says this, thus says the Lord who makes a way, somebody say make a way, look at this, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. Now it goes on to say here, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old behold say behold behold i will do a new thing that word behold means to get your attention it's like god saying hey hey i, I need you to get something i'm about to do a new thing and I feel this today in Prince Albert that God is saying, get ready, I am doing a new thing. And I love this because it goes on to say, now, somebody say now. I want you to get the verbiage today in the word. Not tomorrow, not next year, now. And I feel like this is a word for us because how many know we serve a God of the now? 
That was a couple of us. We're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. See, I think so often we get so used to delay. And it's easier to believe for a good God of the future than a good God for the now. And if I could say this right now, I think one of the things God wants to address in this season is hope deferred and discouragement. And I feel like this in the room today, some of us, if we are honest with ourselves, we'd say, you know what, God, I'm a little hope deferred. You know, I I don't know about you, but uh, have you ever felt like your life was better before you received a prophetic word? You remember you, when you first got a word? Does anybody remember your first words? I, I know for mine, I shared a little bit yesterday. I won't get into that. But uh, sometimes when you receive a word, you just, you know, you're like, God, I thank you for it. And, and, and we really do. We feel like it's going to happen, you know, tomorrow. And it's like, next thing you know, a month goes by, a year goes by, two years go by, 10 years go by. Does anybody ever feel like Jerry Maguire? And you want to say, God, show me the money. Does that make sense? Am I in the right place? Have you ever felt that, that tension of like the inner promise that you have inside of you is so much greater than the world around you? And you're like, how does this even work? How am I going to see these words come to pass? And so often as a church, we can battle with hope deferred and discouragement. And I feel like today, friends, Can we believe that we still serve the God of the now? That he's still a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. And what he promised, he will do. Now it shall spring forth. This is what the word says. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And as I was reading this verse, God started to speak to me a a few things, and I found it fascinating. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, Sammy, everybody can get excited about a new thing. But how many know sometimes it's hard to let go of the old things? And I feel like maybe for some of us, we've got accustomed to the old things that God's been doing, and we get comfortable. How many know sometimes the greatest enemy of best It's not bad, it's actually good. Can I tell you this today? God is not interested in you having a good life and a good marriage and a good job. God is interested in you and receiving the fullness that Jesus Christ paid for, his son paid for. And some of us, we got to believe God in this season right now that he's saying, you know what? I'm not just going to have a good marriage. I'm not just going to be a good husband or a good wife. I'm going to step into the fullness of my potential in God because Jesus paid for it. And how many in this season believe that God is looking to raise up churches in this time that are going to resemble on earth as it is in heaven and they're going to grab a hold of the fullness of their potential? But I feel this today. Sometimes it's the hard thing. And I don't know about you. We've all kind of gone through a little experience. You've ever heard of it, COVID? Anybody heard of COVID before? And by the way, you look great with your masks. It's amazing. And uh, who would have thought a mask would be a, like, a, like a, a fashion thing now? I see celebrities now, they're like, check out the top 10 masks. You're like, really? And I don't know about you, but when COVID came on the scene in, in 2020, and, and uh, can I just say this? this? That last season really sucked. Does anybody else feel that way? 
Like, like honestly, just be like, wow. And I don't know about you, I actually, I was ministering in Taiwan when news broke out in Canada that there was this thing called COVID. Little did I know, I was the closest city at the time when news broke out about Wuhan. I was the closest city to Wuhan at the time. You ever done panic prayer before? Like Xena warrior tongues? La, 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 that was me. And I remember thinking, it can't be that bad. You know, you, you think this way. You're like, it can't be that bad. Come on, COVID, it can't be that bad. Next thing you know, I go to the airport to go home and it looked like an apocalyptic movie. Every single flight was like red. Cancel, 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 cancel. And there was like my flight. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not cool. And I go home and we just make it home. And the next week, we find out that, you know, Canada's closing down its borders. All this stuff is going on. It's a worldwide pandemic. And there I am, I'm at home. Now, can I tell you this? I know for a lot of people, it's no fun, especially when you're an itinerant minister and they say, we're closing down all, you know, all transportation. Churches are closing down. My friends are saying, Sammy, we'd love to have you, but we can't. I had eight months packed out schedule going with all my friends and it was completely wiped out within a month. Have you ever been in this season where you feel a little discouraged? Frustrated? You know, we have to be careful. Our fight's not against people. Can I just say this today? Some of us, can you... Can we be a little bit more mature and not put our discouragement on our prime minister? I know it gets quiet because the truth is, the honest truth is there's still people and they still need Jesus. And we have to stop demonizing people and start loving the hell out of people. Because here's the truth. This is my word for you. You have no authority over the things that you do not love. And for some of us today, we've lost influence. We've lost ground because it's easier to speak negativity than it is to speak faith. And God's not looking for a people that will pass the buck of responsibility onto someone else, but God is looking for people that will understand, I was created for this moment. This moment's not too big for me, but God, here I am today. I'm still believing that your glory is gonna fill Prince Albert. Your glory is gonna fill Canada. That this is a time not to complain, but this is a time to look up to see what God is doing. It's a new thing. Is there anybody here believing with me? Because I know it's hard. And I'll be the first person to say this. I had the worst attitude. Oh, I remember all my stuff gets canceled. You ever, you think you're praying, but you're actually complaining to the Lord? I'm in my kitchen. My whole schedule's canceled. I don't know what to do. And I'm feeling powerless in this time of COVID. And I'm like, God, this isn't fair. Why is this going on? I can't travel, I can't go anywhere, and I'm walking around the island of my kitchen. Can I tell you something, men? You need to get this real quick. Your wife today is the good-looking voice of the Holy Spirit. We got a couple amens. You'll get a, you'll get it a little later. 
Because the truth is, as I'm praying to God, my wife looks at me like only a French woman can. Let me tell you this right now. She puts her hands on her hips and she's like, Samuel David Robinson. How many of there's only two people that can say that, that bring the terror of the Lord? And there's only two things I fear. I have the fear of God and the fear of my wife. You think I'm joking, I'm not. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, Samuel David Robinson, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm praying and she looks at me and she says, that's not prayer. And I'm now I'm thinking, oh God, now even my own wife is persecuting me. See, here's the deal. For some of us today, whatever lens that you see through is the world that you'll live in. And if you see through a lens of rejection, you'll live in a world of rejection. And if you see it through a lens of hope deferred, feeling like the world's just gonna get worse and that's your theology, friend, I'm gonna tell you something right now. It's gonna be hard for you, but I believe this with all my heart. The best is yet to come. Jesus is still victorious and I've read my Bible and we still win today. And so my wife looks at me and she says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying. She's like, that's not praying. I said, Kristen, I don't know what to do. And here's what she told me, I'll never forget. This is a word for Prince Albert. This is a word for you today. She said, you have two choices. I'll make it really simple for you, Sammy. You have two choices. You can complain or you can create, but you can't do both. That hit me like a ton of bricks. And I realized how much of my life in this season, I've been complaining. I've been complaining about other people's choices. I've been complaining about my friends. I've been complaining about my, the churches, the government, all these things. And at the end of the day, it was a waste of time because complaining doesn't change anything. And the truth is God has not created you to be someone that sees problems. God's created you to be a solution. that we're not a people of problems, but we're a people of promise. And so she looks at me and says, here's what you're gonna do. I said, what am I gonna do? She says, you're gonna go on online and start doing Facebook Lives. I said, I'm gonna be an internet evangelist? I'm like, that's the worst thing ever. I literally thought, people just think these internet evangelists, all they want is your money? I'm like, I will not do that. She said, yes, you will. No, I won't. Yes, you will. I said, Kristen, I can't. And she said, why? She said, I don't feel like I have a lot of hope. Here's what the Lord told me through my wife. She said, well, you preach. Oof. How do we know when your wife throws your words back in you? She's like, you preach the law of sowing and reaping. She said, you feel like you don't have a lot of hope right now? She says, you know what the best thing that you can do is sow hope. You, you don't feel like you have a lot of peace right now? Sow peace. What you sow, you will reap. If you want to change, say, listen, if you want to change Prince Albert in this season, I almost said St. Albert, I'm from Edmonton, sorry. Prince just sounds better, by the way, I'm just saying. You need to sow and move in the opposite spirit. So I remember, I didn't know what to do. 
It was my small beginnings. I went into my office. All I had was an iPhone and a word from my wife. And I remember going in, I had such a bad attitude. Oh my goodness, like just bad. But can I tell you this right now, some of you right now, you don't even realize this, but Jesus is setting you up for the greatest moment of your life right now. And, and for some of us, we're a little bit frustrated because we're getting pushed along, but we don't realize this. We're about to see the God of the impossible move in that impossible situation of your life. Listen, you would not be here unless you're hungry today. I believe that you're at a point of breakthrough and something's got to break and God's going to make a way where there is no way. How many say amen today? He's a breakthrough God. He's a way making God today. And there I am in my office with an iPhone. Guys, it was so bad. Like so bad. I, you guys have a, by the way, huge, huge thank you to your presentation team. You guys make me look really good. I'm looking on the screen. I look really good right now. Thank you. That takes a lot of effort. Thank you very much. I did not have that. I had an iPhone. And I remember going online and it was, guys, I didn't realize where the camera was on the phone. So I'm preaching at the wrong side of the camera. I look cross-eyed. I was the cross-eyed prophet. I'm shocked people watched. It was bad. But you know what's crazy? God started to speak to me and said, if you keep doing this, he said, you're going to get better. I'm like, thank you, God. (laughs) But here's what the Lord told me. He said, you'll never know the direction that I'm taking you until you put your foot on the gas. Just go. Here's a word for you today. Stop looking for the spectacular that you miss the supernatural. What do I mean by that? Stop trying to make everything perfect before you take a step. There's an element of grace that God wants you to step into that's beyond your own ability. And sometimes the greatest enemy is not the devil, it's yourself. And we think that someone else can do it better. Someone else has more money. Someone else has more influence. Someone else has more charisma. But the truth is the world needs you today in the fullness of who you are. And some of us, we just got to put our hand to the plow and say, God, I thank you that you have called me for such a time as this. And I'm going to do it even if I look at the wrong side of the camera. Little did I know, God spoke to me and said, I want you to do an altar call. I'm like, an altar call? Online? How does that even work? I want all of you. I can't even see the people. I just see numbers. Numbers on the top of of who's watching. I'm like, right now, I speak to all those numbers. I wonder if Jesus ever shakes his head in heaven. Yeah, I love him, but Lord, could you give him a little bit more brains? And I remember doing this altar call online because the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to do it. And here's the deal. What you see online and what I'm doing, there's a seven second delay. So I'm releasing an altar call and I have to wait seven seconds for you just to hear it, let alone more seconds for you to respond. And I'd say, listen, if you want to accept Jesus, just type yes, Jesus in the comment section. And I remember when I gave an altar call, you can only see me 
from about the waist up. And I remember pinching myself saying, God, I hope someone gets saved. Literally, a whole minute goes by. I'm, I can see myself on the camera. I'm sweating. And all of a sudden, after a minute, one girl says yes to Jesus. And I remember this, it did something in me. And the next day we saw two people get saved. And the next day we saw five people get saved. Can I tell you something friends, in the middle of COVID, in this crazy season where we haven't been able to travel as much, we have now seen almost 1900 decisions for Jesus Christ. We have seen the wildest stuff. We saw a guy from Iran give his life to Jesus. And he was the biggest trash talker you've ever met. You ever seen an internet troll? They don't live under bridges. They live under their parents' basement. You know what I'm talking about? And this guy gets on. And he's like, this Jesus stuff is bogus. This guy, this guy's terrible. And I'm like, come on, man. Inside, I, I like, I, and I'm thankful for Facebook. They have a beautiful button called block. I block you. <laughs> and God's like, don't touch that button. And I'm like, I really want to. And this guy's just going off. He's talking about, he's like, look at his hat. I'm like, look at my hat. What's wrong with my hat? And I'm just like, man, God. And God says, don't do anything. I said, I really want to respond. You know what he told me? He said, Sammy, the moment that you try to respond to this negativity, he said, you start to play from their level. He says, you're better than that. He said, rise above it. He said, when you rise above the negativity and you start to see the way that I see, he says, you won't play from the enemy's playground, but you'll rise above and you have authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He says, you don't have to defend yourself. He says, let me defend you in this season. And so I remember thinking, God, I thank you, you're gonna do something. I thank you right now, God gives me a word of knowledge. And I say, there's a woman that's watching this broadcast. Your back has been in pain for 20 years. Little did I know, the guy wasn't watching by himself. He was watching with his wife who had a 20 year back condition. And all of a sudden she gets healed of all the pain in her back. And Mr. Troll goes from this is completely bogus to I believe, I believe, I believe. And I'm like, now I'm gonna tell you right now, I let him squirm for a little bit, it was pretty good. Why am I sharing this? God's doing a new thing. And he wants to make a way where there feels like there is no way. But here's the deal. I just feel this for today. For some of you, God wants to restore your hope again. Because your best days are not behind you. And COVID will not be the end of your life. And this season, even though it's been longer than expected, I'm gonna tell you this right now, it's just a chapter in the story of your life. And I believe this with all my heart, the best is yet to come and Canada shall be saved. Anybody else here believing with me? That Canada shall be saved. Because he'll make a way. You know, I was thinking about this, this whole thing about making a way. And, I, and if this is okay, I want to share a couple more stories. And I'd like to pray. Can I pray for some people? Can we do this? I'd love to minister over some people. God wants to restore hope 
and, and life in this place. But I, I got to share this testimony because, you know, I shared this yesterday. We got a word from a, a woman named Heidi Baker. I won't get into the fullness of it. But she told me, she's like, Sammy, you're going to go to the dark nations of the world. You're going to go to Indonesia, Malaysia. You're going to go to all these wild Muslim nations and see God move. And I, and I said this yesterday. I really didn't want to go to dark nations. You know where I wanted to go? Florida, California, and Hawaii. <laughs> Give me that Disneyland anointing God. That's where I wanted to go. I don't know if you've ever had words where you just feel like, how does this even work in my life? And I remember thinking, God, you, you're really going to call me to dark nations. And, and long story short, literally the, within six months of receiving that word from Heidi Baker, my dad, Charlie Robinson, and myself, we got asked to go to Indonesia. By the way, Indonesia is one of the largest Muslim nations in the world. Over 150 million Muslims and now over 50 million Christians. How awesome is that? So I remember when we first went and uh, they had to take us, you know, in, in these cars that were all like tinted out. And I remember driving to these small places and, and we got to a church. It's probably about 300 people who was in, a, in uh, this business person, literally at the bottom of their house. They, they, blew, like, they literally created a sanctuary in the bottom of their house, packed in 300 people. And my dad is there and I remember my dad got up to speak and he's like, I have a word for you. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, this church is gonna grow from 300 to over 40,000. Now I'm looking around the room. I'm like, I can do math. <laughs> and I'm like, 40,000 people? Like, are you including kids or not including kids? I'm like, 40,000. I'm looking, I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, I love you, dad. And I know you hear God, but I think you're off. Have you ever felt like God's word for you is always bigger than your current surroundings? Can I just tell you right now, if the vision that God's given you ha doesn't scare you a little bit, I, I doubt if it's God. The reason being is God goes beyond what you can think or imagine. And if you can do it in your own strength, you can take the glory for it. But can I tell you right now, God's raising up a people that are going to believe him for things so outrageously awesome because it's not about their might. It's not about by their power, but by his spirit. So I remember looking and little did I know there'd be an earthquake in 2004, my dad actually had a word about, he said, there's coming a, a day, it's a tragic day where there's gonna be a tsunami that's coming. That's what he saw in a vision. And he said, tell the church to prepare because there's tough times that are coming, but God's gonna use the church as the answer. Tell the church that they're winning and not losing. Little did we know after he gave that word, there was an earthquake and a tsunami came in 2004. Maybe some of you guys heard about that. And, and millions of people were affected. But here's the deal, that little church of 300 people prepared and said, God, we are called to be an answer and a solution to a crisis. They started taking care of their community and within two years, friends, there were over 48,000 people. 48,000. Can I, how many wanna go with me to Indonesia? Can I tell you something right now? You go to that church with me, it's not just a church of 48,000, it's 16,000 people per service. 
How would it like to see like stadium church? What about here? Could you believe with me that Prince Albert's gonna get so wrecked by Jesus that you're gonna need a building this big or bigger to, to host the harvest? And so, when I go to these churches, here's the crazy thing. Megan, it's nuts. They ask me to pray for every single person. 16,000 a service. I got a drink like an energy drink or two. And it's funny because you know, you go to a church service, you see the little thing of oil. They bring out a bucket. Put your hand in the bucket and you put it on the head. Put the hand in the bucket and put it on their head. If you come with me on a trip, you'll lose weight, I guarantee you. But it's amazing, the harvest. I could tell you story after story where God protected that church, where literally there were extremists that tried to blow up one of my friend's churches. And during Christmas time, they wrapped three bombs in Christmas wrapping paper. And all three bombs went off in the church. And the ambulances came and blew out a wall in the church. The ambulances came and they went up to the pastor and said, where's your dead? Where's your injured? And the pastor said, there's not one person injured as literally they still have the suits and the dresses where there's shrapnel holes in and out and not one scratch on any single person in that church. So can you imagine going into this place? And, I'm, and I remember thinking, wow, this is amazing. Going into these conferences and seeing God move in these events and literally fulfilling a word. I don't know about you, but there's nothing like seeing prophetic words come to pass. And so there I am. I remember going to Indonesia consistently since uh, 2004. And, I, and this was wild. It, I think it was my 13th time going to Indonesia. And I remember... I'm about to go in and, it, and it's, you know, it's, Indonesia is a funny country. When you go into customs, it's very simple. I don't know if you've seen this in other countries. They have a red light and a green light. When they scan your passport, green is good, red is bad. Yeah, very easy, but very scary. Because I handed my passport. He scans it. Guess what happens? Red light. Burr. Panic prayer. Oh Lord, help, 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 help. Scan it again. Burr. Now this guy doesn't speak English. So he just looks at me, looks at my passport, looks at me. I said, scan it one more time. Burr. Red light. Can I tell you, everybody's looking at me. And I'm like, what is going on? This is my 13th trip into Indonesia. I've never had this. I'm like, what's happening? I got to speak at a conference in like three hours. All of a sudden, this gentleman comes in with this suit and two armed bodyguards come and say, Mr. Robinson, we've been waiting for you. How many know that's the wrong kind of waiting? He said, come with me, like I had a choice. So there I am, going down the bowels of the airport thinking, where am I going? And all of a sudden they bring me to what my worst fear is. You know what my worst fear is? I'm a big man, I don't like small rooms, and this guy takes me into a tiny room, it looked like a movie, it had one little desk and two little chairs that looked like they were all made from Ikea. Can I tell you this right now? That's a scary place to be. He turns on the light, he says, Mr. Robinson, I want you to sit down. I'm sitting down, I'm sweating, I'm nervous. 
I'm like, what's going on, God? What, what's happening? And all of a sudden, I look in his hand. He's got, a, he's got this vanilla file. And he said, Mr. Robinson, we've been watching you. I'm like, watching me? He's like, I want to tell you something, Mr. Robinson, you are dangerous to our country. You know what came out of my mouth? I'm like, you're telling me I'm dangerous? I'm Canadian. It's like an oxymoron. When have you ever heard of a dangerous Canadian? What am I going to do, throw a beaver at you? He says, you're dangerous. I'm like, dangerous. And all of a sudden he opens up the file and there's all these photos of me preaching the gospel. And I didn't know that they had secret police taking photos of me. He says, you're dangerous because you've been leading Muslims to Jesus. He says, you've been proselytizing the gospel here. And I'm here to tell you that you're a dangerous person for preaching. And I looked at those photos. I'm not going to lie. They were good photos of me. I thought, if you don't want them, I'll take them. <laughs> and he's like, I'm here to tell you, though, from today on, this will be your last trip ever to Indonesia. And if you try to come back, he says, we'll deport you. And he said, if you try to come back again, we'll put you in a place where nobody will find you. And then he smiles at me with this smile. And he says, oh, by the way, have a nice day. Have you ever wanted to give someone the right hand of fellowship? Have you ever been just upset in your situation because you just, you feel like you're living out promise and all of a sudden a situation comes and it's all gone? Maybe for some of you, you're believing God for your family and it's like you used to have great family members and then something happened and it's like your whole family unit exploded. You're like, God, what's the deal? Are my kids actually gonna serve the Lord? Or maybe you're in business and you're doing well and all of a sudden tough times came. You had to close down your business and you're like, God, what's the point? Why did this happen? And I feel for all of us, we've gone through this journey where in so many ways, it looks like we have the fullness of breakthrough. It looks like this is it. And then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. And we're like, God, what's the deal? And there I am. I'm frustrated. I'm scared. I'm discouraged. Now I got to preach with all of these emotions. So I get out of this place, the customs, the pastor says, Mr. Robinson, I gotta take you, you're late, we gotta go to the meeting. And so I'm in a room with a couple thousand pastors and there I am, I'm trying to pray. Have you ever like, of course you've never done this. Have you ever done fake worship before? You know what I'm talking about? Where you like, you go like this, close your eyes. You're not even thinking about God. You're thinking about all the things that went wrong. You're thinking about the, the argument that you had with your wife in the car. You're thinking about the reasons why you don't want to be here or that the football game's on and the preacher's going way too long. Someone said amen. <laughs> so there I am. Maybe like some of you feeling a little discouraged. No, actually not a little, very discouraged. And you know, the devil loves to prey on our discouragement. And he loves to tell you, well, didn't I tell you? Pfft, that word that you got from Heidi, see, didn't happen. 
All that hard work you thought you did, it's all gone. You'll never be able to come back again. And it's funny because it's so often, if you're not careful, if you're listening through the ears of discouragement, the devil's voice will seem like your voice. And there I am, I'm listening to all these thoughts and I started to agree with the devil. I guess this is it, this is my, I better enjoy this, this is my last time. And I remember as I'm in this room, I could only hear one thing and it was Holy Spirit said this, Sammy, I will make a way where there is no way. And I remember in that place, that thought came in the midst of the discouragement, in the midst of the hope deferred, I heard this voice, I will make a way where there is no way. And so there I am at the conference and I'm battling all this discouragement and I'm thinking, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but make a way. And in the midst of worship, by the way, this is like one of the most annoying things you can do is when you're trying to worship and you get a tap on your shoulder. I'm like, hmm. And of course we're Canadians. So we act nice. Hey, how's it going? This guy looks at me. He's only about this tall. He looks like Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. He's got the big Coke bottle glasses. He looks at me. He says, Mr. Robinson. I said, yes. He's like, I've got a word from God for you. I said, really? I said, what is it? He says, and from, he says, from today on, you'll never have trouble at the customs again in Indonesia. I'm like, I'm like, God bless you. Now I'll be honest with you. It's great to get a prophetic word, but sometimes the prophetic word of the, or the word from the customs agent saying, you'll never come back ever again, feels a little bit more weightier than that prophetic word. So there I am, even after receiving that word, thinking, oh God, help, 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 help. Literally two minutes later, same guy. I'm like, yes, Mr. Robinson, you did not believe the word. How rude. trying to worship here. He says, from today on, you'll never have trouble at customs again. See, can I tell you something about the prophetic for some of us? We don't need another prophetic word. We need to believe the word that God's already given us. If you live your life looking for another word of confirmation, another word of confirmation, the truth is at some point you have to say, God, your word is true and I believe it. If you said it, it's done, God. Lord, I thank you right now. I receive that word. It doesn't matter what it looks like out there. God, your word will not return void. So I go back. Thank you for that word. God bless you. Oh God, help, 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 help. The third time. What? He just looks at me with a smile. He says, Mr. Robinson. And I'm thinking in my head, if you say Mr. Robinson one more time, he looks and he just says, you still don't believe it. I said, what do I don't believe? He says, you'll never have trouble at customs again. And out of my mouth came, how do you know that? It's a good question. And he just looks at me, this little guy. Sticks out his chest, says, well, here's one thing you don't know about me. Mr. Robinson, I own Jakarta International Airport. (laughs) 
My Mr. Miyagi owns Jakarta International Airport. You know what the problem is sometimes? We get so focused on our problem that even when our solution's square in our face, we can't see it because we're seeing through the wrong set of eyes. Can I tell you what happened in that moment? My perspective about him completely changed. Buddy! What's up? My man! Let's get some saute after the meal. Come on now. And I'm like, how? Why? What? Like, I'm like, he's like, Mr. Robinson, what you don't know about me is in 1998, when the the stock market crisis happened in Asia, and Indonesia's whole economy plummeted, the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to buy Jakarta International Airport. And he told the Lord, he said, God, it's a black hole. Why would I do that? He said, there's coming a time, he said, when ministers will try to come in and preach the gospel, but they won't be able to. And the government will try to shut them down. And he said to him, and I will use you to make a way where there is no way. And I'm like, this is amazing. And he's like, from today on, he says, we're going to treat you like royalty. When you go into Indonesia, we're going to roll out the red carpet of favor for you. And I'm thinking, well, red's my favorite color. Can I say that I've never been so happy to leave a country to try to come back in? Because he said, you won't have trouble. I heard about your situation. He says, we're going to completely change it for you. You're going to come in now through with honor. And he's like, we're going to bless you coming in. Well, I left, took a short flight to Singapore, which is like an hour flight, hour and a half flight. And then I flew back. Now, on the flying back, I had this faint thought. What happens if he's lying? (laughs) Panic, Xena tongues. (laughs) I land. As people are getting off, there's one guy that's waiting. He's got a Toronto Blue Jays ball cap on. He says, Mr. Robinson, come with me. And I go with him and we're walking with everybody. And all of a sudden, as we're walking, the whole crowd is going right. And the guy says, no, sir, don't go right, go left. And there's this wall, there's just like this wall, glass wall here. And as everybody's going this way, I'm going down the left. And he says, Mr. Robinson, look down at your feet. And I look and there's a red carpet. And I'm like, it feels just as good as advertised. And I'm going down this carpet. And it's a glass wall and everybody's looking at me. And they're like, who's this guy? He was in economy before. Why is he on the red carpet? What do you do? You want to know what you do when that happens? Just wave like the queen. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God reminds me and he says this, Sammy, did I not tell you that I will make a way where there is no way. Come on, somebody. Is this a word for you today? I feel it all in my body in this room that God wants to make a way where there is no way. You can't give up now. Listen, you've come this far. God has not taken you this far just to take you this far. I believe right now in Prince Albert, there's a fresh hope that God is raising up for this season, that the best is yet to come. Let hope arise in this season. This is your moment. I believe it's time to seize it. Thank you, God. And I'm loving my piano player in the back here. Thank you. Come on, I just want to take a moment. I want to 
How many believe the Spirit of God is in this place? I believe right now we're stepping into a new season. It might look different than what we think. I love what my dad says. He's, Revival's always different than what you think. But if you embrace the season, it'll be greater than what you could ever expect. And I, and I just feel this in this room. One of the words, if I could just share corporately for this church, is I believe right now, God is about to release family revival for Prince Albert. How many are, are believing God for family revival in this season? That your kids and your grandkids are gonna serve the Lord in this time right now. Lord, we just thank you for right now in Jesus' name. Actually, I, I wanna pray, I, I, I know with the light, I'm sorry if I'm moving around a lot. There's one, two, three, there's uh, four rows back here. Uh, the lady in the red, right there, yeah, you. And, and is that your husband beside? I just saw right now, God's gonna touch. Do you have kids? Yeah, God's gonna touch your kids right now, and that this is gonna be a time right now, I believe a family revival for you guys, that this is gonna be a season, I believe of restoration, that what the enemy tried to steal, God's gonna restore sevenfold restoration in this season, that you guys are contending and standing in the gap, and I feel like right now, that there's a massive family God encounter that he's gonna release right now, that there's even like a closing, I feel like that, that the Lord has closed this old door, but this is a new time right now of the new open doors for you, and so Father, I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for family revival. Lord, just release it over them in the mighty name of Jesus. Does that make sense to you guys? Yes. Okay. So Lord, we just release it now in Jesus' name. How many say amen? amen? Come on. Thank you, God. You know, what's interesting is there's somebody over here that's had a, a problem with their, their popping in their shoulder. Where are you? There's like a shoulder issue. You're somewhere over here. Who is that? Is that you? with the shoulder. So Lord, I just thank you right now. Lord, just touch his shoulder today. Father, right now, Lord, from, <laughs> Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, right now, just release your glory, God. Lord, I thank you right now. Especially like there's something with exercise. God, right now, God's going to do like a strength in your shoulder. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, just release it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. No more popping, no more clicking right now in Jesus' name. Also, God, Lord, I thank you for the season of dreams. Lord, that you're going to give him dreams and strategy. He's been praying for it. Lord, I thank you for strategy. Lord, right now that you're going to release in this time, Lord, right now to affect, Lord, schools, Lord, to affect right now, Lord, places of education. Open up the doors right now for the next generation. Lord, open up the doors again. Lord, I thank you for mighty moves of God, Father, being released in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Can I get a, can I get a glass of water? Is that possible? Did, man, oh, I can Ooh, I can come down. I feel so far away. This is dangerous. If I by accidentally spit on you, it's anointed. Don't worry about it. Someone, is someone in a, this is an interesting word. Did someone recently just experience a loss in their family? Did someone lose a loved one? Is that you? I just heard the Lord say, Jesus is comforting right now in this season. And uh, it, can you just stand up? I want, I want to pray for you. Wow. Thank you, God. Man, I, I feel like the Lord sees every tear that you've cried in this previous season. And God wants you to know that he's with you and he's never left you. That he's for you today, right now, and that you're not alone. And I, and I just feel like right now he's heard your prayer 
and that this is a season of the tender love of Jesus. I see like Jesus giving you a hug in this time. He just wants you to know everything's gonna be okay in this time. Everything's gonna be okay and that he loves you so, so much. And I just see this right now. Lord, let fresh hope arise in this time that it's time to dream again. I feel like there were some things that felt like they were on hold. Does this make sense? I feel like your heart was on pause, but God's just releasing right now. It's like a forward momentum in this season. Lord, I thank you for the dreams that are being released right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, just touch them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet in Jesus' name. Wow. How many believe God wants to comfort people today? Amen. In this season, Lord, we just thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Wow. Whew. Thank you, God. This is, I, I want to be sensitive to this word. There's somebody in this room and just, I, I want to do, can, can everybody just close your eyes for one moment? I, I want to be like super sensitive on this. Someone's been having thoughts in this room right now of like the last month of like suicide and these thoughts of killing yourself have come and it's, you've been really battling this and it's been like really hard. And I, and I don't even know if anybody really knows but just in this room, if we can just keep this just a moment, a private moment, I just believe God wants to break that off of you today. And, and, and if that's you, I don't know if you can just, just quickly put up your hand if that's you. Like if there's been a aspects of suicide, okay, Lord, I thank you right now. I'm just gonna pray right now. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We just break off right now all thoughts of suicide in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you right now that suicide right now goes in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we release hope in this season, Father, right now. Lord, I thank you that right now, Lord, that they haven't missed any, there's something about this right now, that they haven't missed anything. And Lord, I thank you right now that every word curse that try to come against them, Lord, words from others, even their own words that have been going on in, in their self, Lord, in their mind, that tries to say that their life isn't worth it. Lord, we break it off now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we release right now Jesus Christ the hope of glory over you today in Jesus name how many say amen, amen. wow thank you God Whew. somebody is who's the per the, the couple your grandparents I don't know if there's there's a is there like a custody battle or something going there's something about custody battle over grand, like grandkids or something there's a battle for grandkids does this make sense to somebody is this you right here God I thank you right now Lord just for is this a couple Lord I thank you right now Lord for the releasing Lord of that anointing Lord supernatural justice in this time Father we just release it now in the mighty name of Jesus Lord we thank you for family revival being released right now in Jesus name Lord I thank you right now I just see the Lord just saying it's finished Lord I thank you right now Lord for divine justice in the situation Lord that you are going to not just protect the family but Lord you're going to accelerate the family in the things of God what the enemy meant for evil God that you would turn it around for good in this season. Lord, we just release it now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, guys. Can we say amen today? Wow. Thank you, God. Wow. There's a, there's a woman here. You've got, is it, you've got like, you've been battling these migraines. I feel like you might even have like a bottle of Tylenol in your purse. Is that you? 
Right now, God wants to remove the, that right now, the stress of this last season off of you right now. And there's like a, I saw like a weight. Does this make sense? The weight of this last season is coming off of you right now. And there's a healing of the mind right now. We just speak the healing of the mind right now. And I break off right now all the pressure. It almost feels like there's a pressure, like, like it just comes on your head. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the releasing right now. Lord, of your supernatural peace, the Bible talks about his perfect peace that will guard your heart and your mind. Lord, we just release it now in Jesus' mighty name. And also, God, Lord, I thank you for sevenfold restoration that's going to be released over you today in Jesus' mighty name. And that you're contending. I'm seeing you contending for loved ones right now that, that, do, that have maybe walked away from the Lord. Does this make sense? Yeah, Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, bring the prodigals home. That's been your prayer, that God's releasing the prodigals back in this season. He's going to bring loved ones back. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, that the sons and daughters, Lord, family members are going to come back in this season, that God's even going to break off addiction that's been on the family right now. We just break it off in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we thank you. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so, Lord, we release freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Man. I wish we could just, I want to be careful for time. We're good? You promise? I wish I could see your faces. I feel like I just have to be prophetic just to know. I'm like, are they smiling? Are they yawning? You can't even tell. Somebody's got on your computer right this is crazy someone's on on your computer you have open on your computer some kind of like blueprint for some kind of business project that you're believing god to fund who are you right now you've got like a business pro- like like i don't know who is it is that you is it is it drawings is it is it like a business plan Okay, Lord, I thank you right now for supernatural finances in this season. Right now, Lord, I just see, I don't know if there was money that was lost, but God, I thank you for, there's gonna be a releasing right now of restoration of finances coming back in this season that God's gonna use you guys. I'm seeing right now, just there's, Lord, I let the finances flow in this season. Lord, uh, Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves inheritance for their children's children, but also Deuteronomy 8, 18, God gives you the power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to his forefathers that God is going to release. The, I'm seeing, this is wild. I'm seeing God's going to use you guys to help give people second chances. There's people, there's a heart for you guys to help people with second chances. And I feel like you've even done that in the past where you've helped people that have felt like they've been down and they feel like they can't get up. God's going to use you guys in this season. Literally like David, that he's going to take the depressed, the stressed, those in debt. And just like David, he rose those people up to be great, mighty men. That became his army, his mighty men. So Father, raise him up to be one like David, to raise up those that the world says they're not going to make it. The world says that, they're, that it's over. God, we thank you that you are a God of grace and second chances. Lord, just release the finances more than enough. Lord, a vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. How many say amen? Amen. Does that make sense? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Um, 
somebody, somebody here has a very strained relationship with their, their sister. And I'm seeing you right now, like you're wanting to text your sister to restore your relationship with your sister, but it's like you just haven't been able to do it. And I feel like God's saying that this is a season of restoration between siblings. Who are you? Is that you? Because there was hurtful things that were, that were done, things that were happened behind your back that God's gonna restore. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for the restoration right now. Even the thoughts of, I just need to go for, I just need to get this done right now. And Lord, I thank you that the pain of the previous season, even the words that were spoken about you and your character to other people, does this make sense to you? Yeah, so Lord, I thank you that there's a full restoration. Lord, let it take place right now in Jesus' name. What the enemy meant for evil, God, turn it around for good in this season. Lord, we just release divine restoration right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now, God, that you are God that can restore family like never before. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, give her the courage and the timing, Lord, because I feel like even for her sister in her time of need, Lord, that you're gonna just use this woman as a voice of hope for her. God, that you can change it around. You can restore the years like it used to be. God, just release it now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we give Jesus? Come on, amen. Wow. Jesus. I just feel this for the house. A vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. How many believe that? How many are ready to see it? I feel like I want to sing like James Brown. I feel good. Here's a word for Embassy Church. that you guys, you know this already. You're not just a church. I believe you're a beacon of hope for this city. And God's about to expand your borders and expand your influence. I was thinking about this um, a few years ago. I remember, um, this is a few, this man, this was probably eight years ago. And uh, I used to live in Vancouver. And I was born, I was actually born in Abbotsford, British Columbia. And, uh, but I, I used to love walking in Vancouver and, and uh, my, one of my favorite things to do was walk where the Vancouver Canucks play. By the way, that's God's team, just letting you know. And, uh, and uh, I have a lot of faith. I'm still believing for the Canucks to win a Stanley Cup. I know that sounds crazy. But uh, I remember walking around the arena one day and the Lord spoke to me and said, would you believe with me that I wanna give you Rogers Arena? for an evangelistic event. If you know what Rogers Arena is, it's, a, it's an arena that holds about, I think it's 18 or 20,000 seats. It's over a half a billion dollar facility. Can I be honest with you? You know what I was thinking? I'm like, God, you've got the wrong guy. Billy Graham is about a couple thousand miles that way. Like, who knows who Sammy Robinson is from Little Abbotsford? I'm like, thinking of all the reasons why I couldn't do it. I don't have the money. I don't have the influence. Even if I got it, who would come? All these things. Then the Lord speaks to me and says, Sammy, why do you always focus on the reasons why you can't do it? Can you find the reason why you can't? And I thought, well, I said, I've got you. You know what the Lord told me? He said, and that's all you need. He says, you plus me equals everything. 
And he said this to me, a vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. And so here's what the Lord told me. He said, I want you to prophesy over yourself. This is what some of you need to do. I said, prophesy over myself. He says, yeah. He says, I want you to tell yourself every day, take a 30 minute walk every day and prophesy over yourself. Sammy Robinson, you're gonna get Rogers Arena. Sammy Robinson, you're gonna do an event in Rogers Arena. Sammy Robinson. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that is the dumbest thing. I'm like, where is that in the Bible? That's what I told God. You know what the Lord told me? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And in some of you today, you need to prophesy the promise of God over your life because the truth is, until you believe it, you'll never see it. And I, literally every day, I, I was so embarrassed, I went to the woods. I went into the woods where nobody could find me. And I said, Sammy Robinson, you will have Rogers Arena. My mind was going, what are you doing? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, oh, Sammy Robinson, you will get Rogers Arena. Sammy Robinson, you're gonna get Rogers Arena. And I'm thinking, oh God. Again, my mind's going, how are you gonna pay for it? How this, and I had to bind my mind. I had to say, mind, be quiet. And I spoke this out every single day. I remember three months in, bro, three months in. I'm like, Sammy Robinson, you will get, and I stopped, Rogers Arena. And in that moment, I knew I had it. And I'm like, I'm gonna get Rogers Arena. I'm gonna get Rogers Arena. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna get a stadium. I'm gonna get a stadium. You know what the first thing I did? I picked up the phone and I called my wife. I said, baby, we're gonna get Rogers Arena. I love my wife. She's like, oh honey, that's so awesome. Supper's at five. And I'm like, yes, we're gonna get, I phoned up my friends. I said, we're gonna get Rogers Arena. And they're like, that's amazing. When? And I'm like, oh, good question. Do you know that the disciples struggled with this with Jesus? Jesus told them, you know the way. The disciples like, no, we don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. That would be an awkward conversation. What was Jesus saying? Well, the Bible says this, trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Too often, we're looking for our mind to lead us. Well, if I just have it all figured out, friends, it starts here. Revival starts first. There was a sound in Acts chapter two. There was something that shifted first in the heart. Then the mind catches up. And in this moment, I'm like, we're gonna get Roger Serena. I knew it. But if you ask me how we're gonna do it, I don't know. But I knew in my heart, I received it. Well, a week later, a friend of mine phones me up. His name is James Lee, one of the top commercial real estate agents in Vancouver. He phones me, he says, Sammy, I gotta talk to you. I said, what? I got a crazy idea. I said, you talk to the right guy. I like crazy. I said, I do a lot of prophetic you know, conferences. We like crazy, I'm just saying. And he's like, what do you think if I rent the biggest box suite in Rogers Arena for every single home game for the Vancouver Canucks? I'm like, what? He's like, the Lord spoke to me and said, I wanna do worship and prayer in Rogers Arena in the biggest hockey suite. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, let me pray about it. Hockey and Jesus together on earth as it is in heaven. Absolutely. 
And I thought, you gotta be kidding me. So we started doing worship and prayer in Rogers Arena. When ACDC, Highway to Hell, was going out in the stadium, we were singing, God, let your glory fall. And here's what the Lord told me. He said, don't look at the building and be like, oh my goodness, how am I gonna do this? Here's what the Lord reminded me, Joshua chapter one, everywhere the sole of your foot goes, God has given you. Sometimes it's not about trying to take the building, sometimes it's just getting your foot in the door. The moment you get your foot in the door, God's given you authority. For some of you today, stop looking at it and be like, how am I gonna take this whole thing on? Just start moving forwards and watch God move. So long story short, that's evangelistically speaking, so that could be another 30 minutes, no, I'm kidding. I'm almost done. December 31st, the number one defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks gets injured. He's a Christian, played for Team Canada. And so they had a back-to-back game, January 1st, the next day, we're at that game. He's, this guy, this defenseman's supposed to be out for three months. And so the chaplain of the team was talking to the defenseman. He says, man, I'm supposed to be out for three months. He's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And the chaplain's a buddy of mine. He said, hey, have you ever heard about those Christians that own that suite up in, you know, up there? He's like, those crazy Christians that worship while we play hockey? He said, yes. He's like, what do you think? He says, well, I think you should let them pray for you and see what God does. So guess what? January 1st, the number one defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks comes up to the suite. Now this guy, he was decked out in a suit. He had the perfect hair. He had a watch the size of a dinner plate. Like, I mean, it was massive. And he comes into the suite. He's like, hey guys, I don't know what to expect, but I kind of need a miracle. We laid hands on this guy and we released healing. Can I tell you something? That man was completely, totally healed. Started jumping up and down. And he's like, I'm healed. Now, how many believe one testimony can shake a region? That guy, the next morning, guess what happened? They had team skate. He was fully in gear. He was skating around the ice. The medical team almost had a heart attack. They were freaking out, being like, what are you doing? And we find this out, this conversation after. The guy says, I'm healed. They're like, you're what? He's like, I'm healed. And they're like, how? He's like, have you ever heard of those Christians? They're like, those guys that do worship music? He's like, yeah, they prayed for me and I'm healed. Now the medical team is freaking out because they have insurance on this guy's contract. And they're like, you shouldn't be on here. The team's like, dude, what are you doing? The coach comes out, who's, who knows a little bit about God and says, well, he said, I believe my player. If God healed him, let him play. I thought, man, I like that coach. Here's the craziest thing. Within a week, we got a call. Our ministry got a call. You know who it was? Francesco Aquilini. You ever heard of Francesco Aquilini? Multi-billionaire in Canada who owns the Vancouver Canucks. He phones up our ministry and says this. He says, listen, are you those Christians that are in that suite? We said, yes. He said this to me. He said, you don't know me, but he says, I'm searching for God and I'm hoping the church can answer one question. I said, what is that, sir? He says, does God have power? 
And he said, for the first time in my life, I have seen the power of God. He says, what do you think if I give you Rogers Arena, March 20th, completely, totally for free, that you could do for our community what you do for our player? And friends, I want to tell you something. We had the Vancouver Canucks host a prayer event at Rogers Arena. We had thousands upon thousands of people going through, hearing the gospel, and we almost saw a thousand people give their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. A vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. So here's my question for you. What has God put in your heart? Don't think someone else will do it. I believe he wants to partner with you. So here's what I want to do today. Can we, can we do something? I'm going to go back on stage. I'm going to be good. I can hear the voice of my wife saying, Sammy, get back up here. Can we all stand? I want you to do something. I want you to put out your hands like you're receiving a gift. Whew. Again, Isaiah 40, 49, sorry, 43. Behold, I am doing a new thing. It also says, I will make a way. And I feel this today, right now, all over this room, that we're transitioning here in, in Prince Albert. And God is looking for a people that will be willing to let go of the old to embrace the new. And I feel this all over this room today as we have our hands lifted out. God, I thank you today. The first thing that you wanna do, let hope come back in your people again. God, I'm asking, let fresh hope, fresh faith, Lord, come into the congregation that's here today. God, I thank you right now that if we remind ourselves, we can look back at our life and see your faithfulness that you've never let us down that you've always been faithful, you've always been true. Lord, I thank you today all over this room. Lord, let a fresh hope and a fresh faith come in your people that will truly believe that the best is yet to come. And I speak right now to the dreams and the visions that are in people's heart today. And I say, God, what you told me, a vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. So God, we say yes to you, yes to your promises. And Lord, we remind ourselves again that Canada shall be saved. Prince Albert shall be saved. Lord, I thank you for this next season, thousands, thousands of people giving their lives to Jesus in Prince Albert. Lord, I thank you right now. I just prophesy over this church that we're going to see generational revival in this church. We're going to see grandparents with their kids and their grandkids all worshiping Jesus together in this church. Lord, I thank you for generational revival being released as we say yes today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a shout of praise?
Jesus. Well, I'm pretty proud of myself. 1222, just saying. The best is yet to come. Thank you for the honor of, of ministering to you today. Uh, this is my first time to Prince Albert. And it has been such a blessing to see what God's doing here. I believe you guys are a special people for Canada. And then I'm believing God that Prince Albert is gonna be a beacon of hope, not just, not just for the province of Saskatchewan, but how many believe for Canada? And how many believe that God wants to give you a bigger vision for Prince Albert, that, that you guys are a city on a hill that's gonna affect a nation? How many say amen? Thank you guys so much for this morning. God bless you. And hopefully I can see you guys again. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.